This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Magpies Unrestricted. And stop me if you've heard this one before, listeners, in recent weeks. Another one-all draw for Newcastle. That's our fifth draw in six Premier League games. Yep, 1-1 away at Bournemouth. Another frustrating result, really. Yet again, another slow and scrappy, uh, well, game, really. I was going to say first half, but I mean, the majority of it wasn't great. Um, It wasn't bad. But it also wasn't great, and it, it seems a bit unusual. Maybe they're saving themselves for the you know the cup match, but it does it does. Um, I think all Newcastle fans have that thing in the back of their mind anyway, thinking that they're going to lose, as you have on multiple occasions proved. Um, and I think this doesn't help. This doesn't help coming into the final of people already stressing about it and then seeing this. And I, I don't think it will hamper them when it comes to that that match, but. It is, it is worrying because I think Newcastle are at that point where every game matters at this point and what how many games did you say it was four or five games that you've had a draw yeah five five, five draws in our last six league games. so that was what, 15 points and you've got five it's a bit a bit worrying yeah yeah um, in, yeah in, in those five games yeah um, as I said, we've not lost. In fact, the draw let us equal our club record of 17 games unbeaten. So obviously, that's not to be sniffed at. But yeah, five draws and six Newcastle games. Newcastle fans just have higher standards <laughs> and want these wins. <laughs> but yeah, as you just mentioned, I think really the, the players are doing exactly what Eddie Howe did not want them to do, which is take their eye off the league because they, they've got that eye on the cup final. And I, I can understand it. It's one of those things where when you're playing for a team that doesn't get to a cup final very often, in particular, that can be an issue for players. Obviously, if you are well, a Man United of yesteryear, but you know, if you're a, you know, a Liverpool, a Chelsea, a Barcelona, whoever, just you know, one of those teams, a Man City, who get to cup finals kind of you know, very, very often, virtually every year mm. or every couple of years or whatever. You know the players are used to it, the fans are used to it. I think they find it easier then to, at least to an extent, to kind of you know put it out of mind until the actual week of the final. Yeah, it's not such a pressing concern. Well, and, this one is. And and I think I think yeah. that pressure, as you say, is, is is weighing on on the players at the moment. Yeah, because you know Eddie Howe talked up you know how important it was to get off to a fast start down there at Dean Court, and I mean it was anything but. I mean, as you said, it was a, a sort of slow and sort of scrappy game, but especially that that first period we really didn't you know impose ourselves in any way and then frankly you know when when Marcus Sanessi scored to give Bournemouth the lead after half an hour you know it, it wasn't really very surprising and I think what was disappointing for me was again a bit like the West Ham goal we conceded the other week 
you know, it was just corner goes to the back post and a tap in, just just too easy. The thing is, Newcastle's defense is a good defense, so I don't, you know, we still have the best defensive record in the league. You don't but... have the excuse of Leicester City, whereas we don't have defense, really. <laughs> yeah. and it's just let's throw some midfielders in there and pray that it works. Um, I mean, honestly, it, it was, and I, I don't, you know, I don't mean this in an offensive way, but you know, given the struggles Leicester have had for really a couple of years now with set pieces. It was Leicester S defending for that corner. Yeah, yeah. Just really, really simple for Bournemouth. No just, difficulty for them whatsoever. Yeah, and yet again, Newcastle take the foot off the gas, let the opposition score, and then you're having to come back from behind, adding the pressure on themselves, and just not making it easy in any shape or form. They just seem to lose all cutting edge when it's these games that they deem not unworthy, but like or unnecessary, but just lesser. Yeah, I mean, I will say it was uh, it was the first time we've actually gone behind first in a game, or we've conceded first in a game since we actually last played Bournemouth in September. Mm. So it's not like we're constantly going behind, from, uh, going behind. But and it didn't even take us too long to equalise. Um, we're on, um, you know, on the stroke of half time. So only about a quarter of an hour after they actually scored, uh, just tucking in that rebound after after Neto parried Sean Longstaff's shot. Um. But yeah, as you say, I mean, obviously, um, Callum Wilson, of course, finally got on the score sheet again the other week. He actually was missing um, due to supposedly a very minor hamstring complaint, um, which, you know, given obviously the cup final is looming, it is best to be cautious with him, wrap him in cotton wool. But yeah, I'd say apart from, you know, that goal, which was, you know, I mean, obviously, Almiron did well to just tuck it in, but ultimately, yeah, it was a rebound. Yeah, not a lot of cutting edge. I mean, then you look in the second half, Anthony Gordon come on, had that great chance to get his first goal for the club, you know, in the 70th minute. Again, another rebound, but he couldn't find the target. And then, yeah, at the end, actually, Kieran Trippier coming to the rescue for us at, at the other end with that, obviously, great block from, from the uh, back heel from Solanke. So, you know, it could very easily have actually been a defeat, you know, another day. And again, Credit to Bournemouth. Yeah, they played really well. Actually. For them to get a point, I know they were, I know they were the home team, but you know they're they're fighting relegation. For them to get a point against the team in the top four, mm. and and is very credible. They were certainly well worthy of that point. But again, we've said that in recent weeks, and that's all well and good for them. But like, yeah, I said this it's becoming a, yeah. a pattern now. And as we've discussed before, it's this is a game that you expected to get three points and should have got three points. And, and, it, no, and if no we're going to finish in the top to four, yeah. need to be getting three points. Yeah. If only you were in this form when you played Leicester. <laughs> but there we go. We live in dream. <laughs> um, so, yeah, obviously... But we, on the other hand, won. So. And you absolutely smashed Spurs. I know, yeah. Only, if only I could have watched that match. Anyway. Um, the, um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, as I say, we've only got the one game now before the cup final, which we will get to shortly. Um, it's obviously going to be a tricky one against Liverpool. But, yeah, it's, it's not great for us in terms of as I mentioned hopefully trying to build a bit of momentum back before the final if anything it's kind of been again we've not lost yet but it's been like the opposite so yeah, yeah. Um, not ideal um, unfortunately we're going to have to kick off the news section though with some distressing news I'm sure you guys have heard um, but former Newcastle winger Christian Atsu still missing nine days on now mm. um, after the earthquake in uh, or earthquakes, I should say, in in Turkey and Syria, uh, which have now killed more than twenty four thousand people. Um, 
yeah, very sad news. Uh, Atsu, he, he actually he was actually initially reported by his, his new club. He's at Hatay Spore now. He was actually initially reported by the club to have been rescued um, from the rubble of a building uh, with some injuries. However, the next day, actually, his agent, uh, Nana Sitchir, probably butchering that pronunciation, so my apologies, uh, he actually then said, actually, Atsu's whereabouts are unknown. And then on Valentine's Day, um, so again, nine days on now, and certainly a, a good full, full week on since he initially said Christian Atsu was missing, Again, he's given an update that well, he's still missing. I'll just I'll just read out his statement. He said, "It's been nine days since the earthquake, and we've still not located Christian. I'm at the quake site in Hatay with Christian's family. The scenes are unimaginable, and our hearts are broken for all the people affected. During my time here, we have been able to locate Christian Atsu's exact room location, and we have found two pairs of his shoes. Yesterday, we received confirmation that thermal imagery was showing signs of up to five lives. However," I am told that the only real confirmation of life is through sight, smell, and sound. And unfortunately, we are not. Oh, sorry, we were not able to locate Christian. So, very worrying news, obviously, for Christian Atsu. Uh, you know, all all we can say is that obviously our thoughts are very, very much with everyone who's been affected by this obviously horrific disaster. Yeah. And obviously, in terms of this this Newcastle connection, obviously, not looking great. But people are still being pulled out alive from. You know, from rubble and and wreckage. Yeah, the search is still ongoing. Um, no one's given up yet. So. Yeah, so you know, obviously, we can only hope that um, Christian Atsu is is found alive and hopefully, um, you know, without um, serious injury. But obviously, the longer it goes on, uh, unfortunately, the less and less likely that is. But we can all we can all we can do is is hold out hope. But yeah, unfortunately, a distressing, a distressing news story. And yeah. Star thoughts are really just with everyone affected um, by that. It's been absolutely devastating, of course. Mm. Other news? Newcastle. Yeah, no, no, real way, no real way to segue. To a nice gentle segue into the destruction and the deaths of more than 24,000 people. Newcastle board strawberry, strawberry Park Place, sorry, not Park. <laughs> yeah, so um, some... Again, it obviously seems trivial to, to now talk about this after the... Obviously... <laughs> The more important news there, but yeah, Newcastle have bought back the land at Strawberry Place, uh, just south of the stadium. The land was sold by Mike Ashley in 2019. Good surprise, old, surprise. Good old Mike always wanted a, a quick buck. Obviously, at this stage, the, the club haven't actually released a statement or a comment on this development, so they've not given any insight into what it could mean. Could mean a couple of things. It could be a precursor to a stadium expansion. There's been a lot of obviously talk over the years about extending um, St James's Park or expanding it to obviously currently 52,000 potentially getting it up to 60 by you know potentially increasing you know the east stand and the Gallagher and the, the smaller um, stands you know but of course the the Gallagher end in particular is it, expanding that is thought to be uh, quote unquote a structural problem uh, because of the metro station underneath it I guess obviously the fact that you know, I guess if it, you know, if there's sort of hollow sort of space underneath where you're putting all this extra weight, then I guess that's, you know, but I guess was, that's where that comes in. But it'd be really um, good if it was converted into a match day fan zone. I think. I think like, St James's Park is a fantastic stadium and it has a lovely park area around it as well for fans to walk around or families to walk around at the start. But um, it is very much in the city centre and 
enclosed so it would be nice if there was a bit of a fan area you know so they could have food vendors outside um maybe a bit more just i suppose like a stadium area for fans to go just to make it feel a bit more like not the sudden go from uh here's the here's newcastle city center bam oh there's a stadium like it'd be, it, i think it could it could really make a difference to to the fans especially those who travel quite far to come and see their team play um make it a bit more of an experience even though newcastle itself is a lovely city and if you haven't been and you haven't explored it do so yeah i think if if expanding you know is or you know if it, hopefully it is but if it's not an option because i think obviously if, if you can do it then yeah. absolutely absolutely <laughs> yeah, because you know it, as i say, say say we were to get it up to say sixty thousand. We know we're going to fill those seats. That's another, you know, eight thousand tickets that you're selling for every game. That obviously can have a, a big impact on the club, and obviously more, you know, when demand for tickets is at an absolute premium, mm. being able to get just, you know, allow more fans to go and see the match obviously would be amazing. But yeah, as you say, failing that a fan zone, yeah, it just enhances that match day experience for everyone, and I think it's something that's uh, always welcome. Um, in it, it would also be the owners giving something back to the to the city as well, another area of redevelopment because that's been a strawberry place has been kind of like left. Um, so to have it refurbed, have some more shops or stores would still be an improvement for the area and the club, especially if they had it as a as I say like a fan zone. The amount of merchandise that could be sold and then freeing up that yeah. space inside the stadium. But yeah, it's obviously. We all go for the expansion, but I suppose Newcastle fans will take literally anything <laughs> that is put into the club at this point. Um, yeah, and so, so. We'll, we'll just have to see when the club actually comment on it on on the you know on this purchase. They might you know they might give some more insight into their thinking behind it. Uh, until then, I say all we can do is speculate, really. But um, yeah, but promising news though, anyway, because that is something that is going to hamper. Whether it is an expansion effort or whether it's adding just as we said extra stuff around that around the stadium, this frees frees that up in a way that obviously wasn't possible before. So either way, positive news. Um, but yeah, on to next weekend's game. As we said, one more game left before the cup final, and it's going to be a very interesting one. It's going to be a tricky one. Newcastle at home to Liverpool. It's potentially going to be a very boring one. <laughs> Two teams who are currently underperforming. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's it's really annoying that we're now coming into this game without really any momentum because Liverpool are there for the taking at the moment, which is not something you can normally say <laughs> about Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool, but obviously not having a great season. And just to put it in perspective in terms of their recent results... They've really been pretty poor throughout 2023 so far. Yeah, only two wins in eight games um, since the turn of the year. And that includes defeats to to Brentford, who are having a a smashing season. Um, They lost to Brighton twice as well. And Wolves. Yeah. So, um, again, all teams who you would assume Liverpool would be able to get something against. But no, they they completely defeated. Yeah, Um, and although obviously they won... Uh, on Monday night, so their most recent game against Everton, obviously in the Merseyside derby. Again, though, no. they always beat Everton, <laughs> and I know that I know that obviously Sean Dyche has come in, but you know, They'll always it's, not, it it's not very surprising that they beat Everton at Anfield. So you know, um, 
but yeah Liverpool the only team to have beaten us in the league this season as well still very annoyed about that last <laughs> August uh, with that last gasp win you know at Anfield but again you know they're there for the taking but that's the thing we don't really have the momentum either even though you know we've not been losing you know we've not been playing very well we've not been attacking with the same vigour and effectiveness that we did in the start of the season and also we have a horrible record against Liverpool we've not beaten them since 2015 so you know we've, we've got it's eight g- years of bad results I think what we know, you know. is going to be it's going to be one all. <laughs> and um, see, normally I would have your hand off for a draw against Liverpool, even at home. You should be beating them at this point. But it's yeah, it's in, in the form that they're in. The port that you know, I'm not saying Newcastle have been great um, in the league recently, but I do feel that Liverpool at the moment are very, very wobbly, and they have not been for whatever reason firing and all all cylinders at the moment. So this is something where you would expect to get a result. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're at home. It's Liverpool. I really hope we just obviously again with it being the last one before the cup obviously people aren't going to want to get injured and all the rest of it but you know big team home crowd I really hope we proper go for it because if we can get a win here Mm. and again that is a big if given the way we're currently playing but if we can get a win that is such a huge confidence boost going into the the final you know going into the Man United match having just beaten Liverpool would be you know so big for us so again <laughs> we're just going to have to wait and see how this one goes I'm not too optimistic but you never know you never know as I say Liverpool have not been good this season <laughs> if they have been as poor as they have been for a lot of the last few months and if we do actually turn up then you know we've got a good chance but so. yeah, but you've got to turn up, and I think. But we have to turn up as well. I think I think Liverpool are very much a team that if you let them play at their own pace, at their own their own game, then coming back is is very very difficult. And Newcastle have been very good at just running at teams and put them off and playing at their own fast pace. And it, and when it comes off, which it has been doing because you do have the players and they do have the skill, it's been excellent. We've just not seen that in the league in the last couple of games. So yeah, it's that. I find it even more annoying now than knowing when Newcastle were playing abysmally that it was like, yeah, you're just probably not going to win. So that's fine. But now it's like really annoying because like you have the potential. We know that if we, and, yeah, and you're not doing it. <laughs> but yeah, we will be here next week to look back on this game and to preview the all important cup final. Can't believe I'm actually going to get to do that. Um, yeah, so yeah, fingers crossed it go, it all goes well for us. In the meantime, if you could please give the podcast a like and subscribe, and a positive review would really help us out. We've been Magpies Unrestricted. I've been your host, Chris Simpson. Thank you, Cara. No problem. And as always, thank you, listeners. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.